Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is the very talented alt-rocker out of Windsor, Ontario, the Indiana Drones. I'm talking with Justin today. Now, of course, in this episode with Justin, you're going to get to know the Indiana Drones a lot better. We also talk about his very intriguing, and it is, writing and creative process with all of his projects. We also discuss his collaborations with other artists and how that feeds into his creativity and into almost his musical soul from the sounds of it. We also touch on how and why he sometimes uses a toonie as a pick for his bass and his acoustic guitar. And also we talk about Batmobiles. And of course, so much more. Like I said, you're going to absolutely love this conversation. It is so good. And of course, you're going to hear two of their songs. We got Good Times and a song that is already available on streaming services, but it's coming to radio on Friday, November 18th. It is called Someone Else. Well, I'm pretty darn excited about this episode, so let's get right on into it. Well, Justin, thank you so much for being a part of One to Watch Wednesday this week. It's an absolute pleasure to get you on as the Indiana Drones. Now, we got to talk about first off before we get into your musical history and your journey. How was your tour with Billy Raful and JJ Wild? That's what I got to see you first. And that's what I got to kind of meet you. And it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. I produced the Born to Die EP with those guys and uh, played all the instruments on that that album. Just seeing that kind of come to life every night and the way her band would play it was super kind of surreal. It's pretty cool. For sure. Now, the Indiana Drones, you're not exactly a one-man band per se, but you are doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You're kind of a solo project, singer, guitarist, and the Indiana Drones, you make what is described as emotive, literate, punk, and acoustic rock anthems, which is very true. So we're going to talk mm. about your musical journey here in a few minutes. But first, just tell us about yourself and how did you get your start in the music industry and what inspired you to do music? Quite honestly, I, you know, you know the movie School of Rock? <laughs> that kind of kickstarted me into music when I was like 11 before that, it was just kind of sports. I played hockey and uh, baseball and stuff like that. And then, honestly, like the second I saw that movie, I started just tunnel vision on playing drums and bass and guitar and trying to write songs. And here I am. <laughs> here you are. And in school, you were the most promising musician, which I know meant musician, but I thought that was funny because I don't know if any of us know what that means. And I think <laughs> you lived up to that potential and then some. And you played in various bands while growing up and spent several years so doing that. So when did you decide to go solo-ish and become the Indiana Drones? Also, the name, where did that come from? It is memorable. So tell us about your musical journey. Yeah, I mean, in 2017, I, I put out an album called Fat Elvis Period. It's this kind of really kind of fast paced, like punk rock album. Basically, I was trying to make like Dookie 2. I didn't put any pictures 
anywhere other than like just the single art, which didn't have any faces or anything on it. So I wanted it to be understood that it was a band and not just one person. So then the name being plural, like the Indiana drones, mm-hmm. as opposed to like something like the weekend or whatever, where it could be taken like as a singular or as a plural, I wanted it to be very evident that it was multiple people like as a trick (laughs) then when the music kind of started getting a little more serious i was kind of just stuck with the name to be honest with you and i i do like it it can be a little confusing that it is only one person um and it's a name that sounds very much like it's a band but i really hope to have it grow into a band at some point when the time comes to start playing and touring and stuff like that so and the name was inspired by the movie indiana jones of course (laughs) now we just need to get harrison ford on board somewhere and we're good to go oh man that'd be so cool get him in a music video so tell us a little bit about those various bands that you grew up playing with and how you got to where you are today so i i kind of always had a band like from the time I was in grade six or seven, we started a band. I think I I, I always had really uh, great teachers too and inspiring teachers. And for whatever reason, all of my most influential teachers to me were into music and into playing music. Like my grade eight teacher was in a band and he would put on this festival every year called the Woodsley Rock Fest. And his band would play and then he'd have all these student bands like high school bands come in and we were these little kids in grade seven and that was the first time we got to kind of play in front of people so I honestly like that was huge for me that was a big kickstarter for me to want to get the bug to really want to pursue it later and then in high school I had great teachers you know good friend now Chris Mazar he was a teacher uh, he was my religion teacher and math teacher but i played drums on his albums when i was in high school so we'd kind of be in math class and then he'd be like all right i'll pick you up at five tonight to come like (laughs) record drums with me and then he'd you know we'd see each other in class the next morning so it was like that was kind of the dynamic that i had in high school and yeah just really like kind of supportive parents as well my dad's into music he's a he's a drummer you know my mom was driving me to play in bars when I was 15 you know after school yeah just a a really great like kind of support system and and really supportive people around me too and that is very important and it sounds like it was really fun and your journey was really cool now you mentioned previously that you like to have a wide variety of influences in your music you like to be as creative as possible but you have been compared to green day econoline crush a little bit of nine inch nails and panic at the disco but in your words describe your sound and who are your musical inspirations who have you always looked up to like i said before with the dookie thing like i grew up on green day so that was a heavy like influence for a lot of years and it it really like got like to the point where i was emulating it and i think in the last maybe like seven years i've been able to start leaning into what feels a little bit more true to me and what innately kind of comes out of me as opposed to trying to like imitate i think that's been a kind of a curse for me in a lot of ways is that i am able to imitate people well if i get involved or or obsessed with a particular artist if i start listening to someone a lot i start to hear 
the cadence come out in my writing or I'll start to hear the inflections in my voice and I go, okay, I got to back up from that now. That's just something that I know about me. What I'm into now is I listen to a lot of music, quite honestly, that doesn't sound anything like what I make. I think that's kind of helped me and not, not purposely just because just like, that's what I'm into now. Like I like this guy, Jason Isbell a whole lot. I've been listening to a lot of St. Vincent stuff like that, but, and, and it doesn't sound like what I'm making, but I think that's a good thing because I kind of am able to like draw the, the things that are good about those things, as opposed to trying to copy those things. I just take what stands out to me and I can kind of use it to inspire me to make stuff that sounds like me as opposed to, uh, you know, imitation or whatever. That's pretty cool. Now, you kind of did answer my next question a little bit, but let's go a little bit deeper into it. So let's talk about your songwriting. Hmm. You are a very strong songwriter. Like, oh my goodness. Every time I listen to one of your songs, I think to myself, like, how does he come up with that? Or like, I feel seen. He just gets it. Hmm. Like, he just gets it. So like... For example, when you sing Jesus Christ, we do this all the time in long day, I just want to roll my eyes with you. And when you sing happy and you are singing like, does it ever feel any better right now? It hurts. I'm like, I just want to give you a hug. I'm just like <laughs> mad and sad with you. And yeah, I've listened to your songs over the last two weeks a lot, by the way. But <laughs> well, thank you for the kind words. First of all, I like potency in lyrics. Like, you know, I, I kind of look for lines like that. I kind of look for stuff that feels conversational or things that I hear people say in real life situations or, you know, things that don't scream song, like Jesus Christ, we do this all the time, whatever, whatever, like that lyric you brought up from Long Day, like that, that feels like something you would say in an argument over the phone, as opposed to something you'd say in the chorus of a song. I think that's what resonates about that is that it does feel kind of human. It feels like a, an actual expression that somebody would say as opposed to something that is uh, written. I seek those, those lines out. I've just learned to kind of listen to life in that way as inspiration. But I mean, my phone is filled with, you know, note after note of like, just stuff that I think could maybe be songs. And it's just, there's just so many of them. And I just, I'm always in that app all day, like writing in it, even if it's just one word or like one little phrase or whatever. So that when it comes time to sit with a guitar and I'm feeling like I could maybe write something. And I do that most morning. Like I'll, I'll do that like once a day, I'll just sit there and see kind of what happens for a couple hours. When it is time to sit there and actually do some work, I have the notes to start from, you know, it's not like, what do these chords make me want to sing? I just go, I know what I want to sing already. I wrote it down all last week. So I'm just going to bring that note up. What do I have written here that works with this kind of feeling of what I'm playing on the guitar? You know, so I'm never really starting from scratch. I'm always kind of in a constant state of like editing a song that that is in the works. Oh man, that is so, so cool. Now we're going to be talking about and playing one of your songs here in a few minutes, but we got to go back in time a little bit again to when you debuted as the Indiana Jones in 2017 with that Fat Elvis period album, which is quite the name, by the way. Now, 
after that, you released several really, really good singles. But what intrigues me is that you released several EPs called Squalls. So you have volumes one through four between three to four songs each. What made you decide to take this creative route and what was the idea behind it? And how did you plan out the execution? Yeah, so I kind of decided to do the volumes of songs because I think, I don't know, it for me, it lives somewhere between putting out a whole album all at once. That's cool. I like that. But no one really listens to that, like especially with someone at my level who is, you know, I don't have this fan base waiting for an album from me and they're going to digest every single song on there. And then doing singles are cool as well, but then it it doesn't feel to me like it doesn't resonate with my OCD in a way that's like it just feels too scattered. Like there's no theme, there's no cohesion to just here's a single, here's another single with another single art, here's another single and none of them tie in together. I get that and that's probably the smart way to do it at this point, but it's not fun for me. So the squalls thing kind of was born out of trying to come up with a a middle ground of like okay so i know putting out 18 songs all at once is stupid because no one's going to listen to them so how do i cut that down into smaller offerings or whatever but that are still more than just one song i think doing the little eps it was honestly awesome because I didn't have to commit to my 18 songs either. Like I didn't have them all done, all uploaded and just being that having them being released, you know, once every six weeks, I could kind of tailor my next release to the reaction of the previous one, which was so freeing. And honestly, like it inspired some of the songs that I think stand out on that Squalls record because you kind of you build off of that positive momentum of like the excitement of like, okay, that one for whatever reason resonated with people more than these ones. Why? And then you kind of pursue that and it teaches you. It's almost like using the public as like your producer or something. Wow. That is really cool. I love that. Now, if anybody asked you out of any of your songs, if you could just recommend one song for them to listen to, which one would you recommend? Hmm. Okay. Jeez, I like a lot of them, obviously, because they're mine for different reasons. I don't know, maybe my song Dope, I feel like, is a, I think is a pretty good song. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. Uh, Songs I think are kind of okay, like, so the, they're hard to pick. <laughs> well, so there's two sides of what I do, and I've always thought about it in that way. There's like, I really love the kind of more intimate, acoustic-y kind of sound, but then I love the big, distorted, bassy rock sound. I have to say two songs. I have to say probably dope for the quiet acoustic shit. And then maybe someone else for the loud rock shit or good times. But I think, yeah, someone else probably. I'd say dope and someone else. I'm sorry you asked for one and I gave you two. Hey, I like it. I love it. Well, we're going to be talking about someone else here in a few more minutes. But the Indiana Drones, you had been named one of MRG's artists to watch in 2022. Congratulations. I definitely agree with that. Now. Good Times, it hit top 30 at Alternative Rock, and the track is just amazing once again from start to finish, and it has, like, all the right ingredients for, like, this great song, and Good Times, it is kind of like a rock anthem for 20-somethings, feeling like their friends are all growing up around them, and 
without them and all those things. So tell us, how did you write this song and what is the story behind it in a bit more depth? Okay, that song was a funny one because I had that riff, that bass riff that it started, and the verse melody. It goes, I had that around forever, like maybe pre-Fat Elvis period, or maybe at the same time as Fat Elvis period. I had it done as a song called, it had a different chorus. I can't even remember what it was called now, but to the, like done to the point where we did a couple shows here in town and we would play that song with that riff and that verse in it. And it was a different song entirely. It had it, it sounded completely different. I always knew there was something special about that verse vibe, that bass riff and that melody. But when I would listen back to the song you know i obviously hadn't put it out we'd play it live or whatever but i didn't think it was as good as it could be so i just kind of spent some time on it like i rewrote the verses and came up with that different chorus it turns into that song it's really as simple as that it's just like it kind of circles back to what i was saying before it's like i have all these songs kicking around kicking around in my head and and i'm kind of more so than writing them i'm in a state of constantly just editing them (laughs) and like the ones that aren't released yet are all fair game to me you know they're all fair game to pluck a verse from this song and a chorus from this other song and make a completely new song like i'm always doing that shit and that's honestly exactly how good times was born that's why it's such a great song it's so good (laughs) i've been to paris three times still haven't seen the tower All the pleasure, all the greed 
Been trying to cook up a good time But the good life ain't free Sometimes I feel like a vampire Been allergic to the light I feel the good times Slipping on, slipping on But I feel the good times Slipping on, slipping on There is Good Times by our guest, the Indiana Drones. Now, earlier you talked about how you did produce J.J. Wilde's EP, Born to Die with Billy Rafool, which is an incredible EP, by the way. And then I did a bit of a deep dive. And of course, you talked about doing bass, drums, guitar. You also have done mixing. You've done the producing. You've done programming. You're a synthesizer. You've done background vocals. And you're a songwriter for a lot of artists as well. And I'm assuming you've done a lot more. That is just the tip of the iceberg because you're a very interesting person. So first off, what don't you do in the industry? And secondly, a more serious question, how has collaborating and touring with other artists supported the Indiana Drones and your sound? And tell us just a bit about everything you do. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've always produced other people. I've been working with Billy for a number of years, producing his stuff and uh, all of his new stuff that's coming out we did together yeah he had written that song born to die with jj and he asked me if i wanted to produce it and we just kind of spent a couple days at my little studio here building the track and then we went up and recorded her vocal on it like that was kind of a, a really surreal moment for me seeing my production come to life live touring on this last tour with them i'd never really kind of experienced something like that before of like you know, being so close to something and, and so close to my parts that I've created for this song and then seeing them played by a band live on stage, like at that level, it was, it was really, really very cool. The touring and stuff like that. I mean, I love Billy's music, you know, and, and I love playing it live with them. I've been doing that for maybe six years. We've been kind of traveling together. I kind of look at music as like, there's not one thing that I do that fulfills me, that fulfills, that, that kind of satiates everything that I'm looking for musically. It's like I, my, my year is very divided up between the Indiana drones. Like that's kind of my passion project. That's what I, from my heart, like what I would do, whether I was trying to be successful at it or not. It's just what I would do for fun. And then the Billy thing and, and traveling and producing and stuff like that, like that, that kind of is fun in its own way. And it's in a completely different way than what I get out of the Indiana drone. So I can't see a world where I'd, where I'd ever just do one thing. Like I, I kind of, I need more than that. <laughs> That's really cool. I've noticed that there has been a bit of a trend in the Canadian music scene where a lot of artists of different genres or even the same genre, they do collaborate a lot with each other now, whether it is using them as a session player, background vocals, or a songwriter, or as a producer or mixer or anything. And I think that's amazing. So the Canadian music scene is just budding so well right now, I feel. Yeah, I don't know how much a part of the scene I really am, to be honest <laughs> with you. I would like to be. I'm going to keep putting out music. And I have, like I said, a lot of music I'm quite excited about that I would uh, love people to hear in, in the new year. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of, you know, maybe at the cusp of something with the Indiana Drones. You know, I think it could be something that is 
a live thing that I could tour and that I could kind of spend more effort on the live side of things with as well. I think it there's so much there, but for right now, I'm still kind of in that zone of like, okay, I really am trying to find what is unique and what is what the what the special part of of this is and really try and embellish that and and really zone into that and i still i feel like i have more music to make before the live part of it happens you know i don't know if that answers you i don't even remember what the question was (laughs) it was more of a statement than a question we're all good but that is so cool you started talking about that because it kind of leads into the next question with more and more musicians creating more than ever and more and more of these creations being released and these projects and these campaigns happening. What does this mean for you as an artist in terms of your originality? What are some ideas? What are some areas where you currently see the greatest potential for originality? And who are some of the artists and communities that you do find inspiring in this specific regard of originality? Hmm. Well, I think the first thing that came to mind when you're saying that is the fact that a lot of people are able to make pretty good sounding music with just their laptop in their room is really inspiring on the others. Cause there's so much more music, I guess, being made, but then on the other hand, there's so much music being made that it's hard to, that, that people get tired of it in a way. I feel like the, and I feel like that's kind of, killed attention spans in a lot of ways but then I, I don't know about that either because i think about and me and billy always have this conversation too where like songs are becoming so short now where it's like you know even five years ago six years ago a song like a pop song or something like that or like a you know a, a pop sensible kind of rock song would be three and a half minutes long that's kind of like the sweet spot now it seems like three and a half feels long to me. And and it's like, I'm trying to get right under that three minute mark. Like that's something that I'm conscious of that you just can't not be conscious of. And I'm like, well, my gut instinct to that is like, it's because of the social media and the TikToks and how everything's so short and people are digesting things so short. Everything is so quick. But then you look back to like when the Beatles and, and, and were putting out songs to radio and all those songs are like two minutes long like two minutes three minutes long so i don't know if it's really anything new i think it's just when the platforms change and the way that people listen to music changes the music changes to fit that as a result it just always does you want like when we were talking about the beatles it's like the songs were short because it was on the radio people it was like song 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 it was like and then when when people started being able to buy vinyl records and stuff like that and it was when it was cheaper to actually purchase a full album from a band the band were able to get more creative and the songs got longer and more more of like opuses like like these concept albums and these long things where people really were able to put headphones on and just dive into the whole record there was no time constraint but on the radio it wanted to be quick and short because it was competing with all these other songs on the radio so i feel like it's kind of like a cyclical thing like we're back into that now where everything's so kind of short and and how can you catch my attention in such a short amount of time I don't know. I don't, I don't get discouraged about it. I think it's more of an inspiring thing than anything. It's a continuum. Like I I feel like it's going to go in another cycle and I don't know where that leads, uh, but we are 
right now i feel like in that kind of quick kind of short cycle like the attention span catch my attention quickly so we only got a few more minutes left here on this zoom interview so before we do play your next release coming out someone else we're just going to talk about some fun facts here now I don't know if you still do this, but I saw this on your Facebook page and I can't remember if it was 2020 or 2021, but I know that you have played bass on pretty much every one of your songs that you've recorded, but you also use a toonie as a pick. Oh you yeah. That? <laughs> wow. You've done your homework. So tell us a bit about the toonie pick. Does it work? Do you still do it? <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of, I've always done that for acoustic guitar on a lot of things as well. I use the same bass and the same acoustic guitar on a lot of my songs and they're the I haven't changed the strings on them and maybe ever I don't know it, and and they sound really really dead but when you play it with a toonie it's got this kind of heavy like tinky like kind of well metallic kind of sound when you hit the strings I don't know I just like the juice and the character that that gives you when you record it like when you play an acoustic guitar in a room with a toonie it kind of sounds harsh and it sounds loud and and kind of silly but when you record it and it's mixed in with the rest of the song it has a really really nice way of cutting through the mix and this kind of kind of it almost eqs itself you know what i mean where something that you would you would add top end into later it already has that with the toonie <laughs> so it's kind of like maybe it's i guess it's out of laziness to be honest with you but a fun <laughs> fact is that on billy's new song we could get high that's me. The acoustic guitar in the verses is me playing with a tuny. And it's got that kind of mid-range, like it's this old shitty acoustic guitar that I've never changed the strings on. And yeah, that's that sound. Also question, is that your face on the single cover? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that looks kind of familiar, even though it's only half the face. That is a really good song too. And I think it's funny because I think a lot of people hear that song and think, oh, it's about getting high, but actually it's about like getting out of town, getting out of like... Right. your situation but of course if people want to think it's about getting high they can do that too but right. i was like it's a good song <laughs> that that's one that we we rec- honestly we recorded that song together four years ago and oh, wow. yeah we did it in my basement the way that we always do we just like got together and started working on music and and we did that and then we kind of started playing it in europe in april we started playing it in Europe and it started going over so well with the audiences, like people singing that chorus that like, we should really re re kind of like, I don't know, look at the song again, like try and finish it. So we re-recorded the song. It was okay, but it didn't have that kind of juice and that immediacy and the energy of the shitty sounding one that we did in my basement four years ago. So we kind of just used, mixed the one that we did in the basement <laughs> years ago. That's the final of that recording. This is just a little fun fact. That's a really good song. Love that song too. Now, this may be a bit of an odd observation, but you don't post on socials all that often, but you're really good at what you do post. Like it's quality over quantity with you. Like you have a great mix of like behind the scenes, like businessy things, personal and musical posts. But one thing of note on your social, specifically on your Instagram, is a life goal of yours is to own a 1960s Batmobile. <laughs> Me and my brothers were gifted a VHS tape when we were kids of 1960s Batman TV show Marathon. It was something that our neighbors had filmed off of TV. So there was, I think there was like eight or nine episodes of it. 
like commercials were included and it was it was filmed in the 80s so the eight the commercials are all 80s but the show's from the 60s but we're kids and we don't know the difference so we just think it's all now like that was batman for me when i was a kid it was that dumb tv show that i still love it's it's super hokey and and silly but that's kind of the charm of it for me so for me it's just nostalgic that car was always like the pinnacle of cars for me it was like just so cool looking and i just like the car i think that people make replicas of them i've I've looked it up you can get a replica made up for like 200 grand so depending on how well someone else does we'll see if that if that comes to fruition okay well with that said with only a few minutes left we got to talk about someone else now this song it is going to be released to radio is that correct yes you mentioned a bit earlier that someone else you said there isn't really kind of a specific meaning behind the song but you wrote it during the pandemic and well now you're releasing it to the world so let's go a little bit more in depth with it before i add it in here yeah, I don't I don't really set out to write a song about anything. I feel like someone else is quite on brand, not that I think about it as a brand, it just but it it kind of has the same sentiment as a lot of the other ones. But I think like that one in particular is kind of has a talks a little bit about like isolation and and um stuff like that. And I think I wrote it in 2020. I wrote it like during lockdowns and stuff like that where i'd just kind of wake up and and write music all day and that's kind of all i all i did you know if there's something that kind of stands out about that one it's it's it kind of touches on that a little bit maybe more than some of the other songs but just a fun fact about it is it it started on piano it was like a piano song like a kind of a, a slow kind of moody kind of uh song and that's kind of the way it lived until i produced it and made it into the kind of rock song that it is but that's generally how i know if a song is going to come to life when i try and produce it if it keeps my interest on just an acoustic guitar or a piano for a number of days or whatever and lives that way and i'm still excited about it i know that it's gonna probably come to life really well well what i love about the song too here and i'll just say this quickly because we got like a minute and a half left is like, I'm a pretty happy person, but I'm like, I just sing along to it so loud. I'm like, I just want to be so, like, I just go <laughs> off on it. So like, it's like, you're in a good mood, you're in a bad mood. You can sing mm, this song no mm-hmm. matter what. Like, it's just such a good song. So before I add it in here, introduce the song for us. Well, my name's Justin, playing a band called the Indiana Drones. And here's my song, Someone Else. I'm in a bubble. I make my own reality. I have no concept of money or loss I have no trouble living out my fantasies I can rearrange my room any way I want I've been flying solo I've been riding free sipping on sunshine watching my TV when I try to whisper it comes out as a scream when I try to live I only daydream I've been in a losing battle for so long trying to hold on I'm at war with myself I kinda wanna just be someone else I kinda wanna just be someone else I kinda wanna just be someone else I've been rehearsing ways I could trample you And 
flying solo I've been riding free Sipping on sunshine Watching my TV I get my opinions from the JRE But I preach hard knocks since 93 I've been in a losing battle for so long Trying to hold on I'm at war with myself I just wanna be someone Someone I kinda wanna just be someone by our guest, the Indiana Drones. And a few minutes ago, you heard their song, Good Times. Both of those songs and all of their music is available wherever you buy, download, or stream your music right now. And of course, as mentioned earlier, someone else is hitting the radio waves on Friday, November 18th. So make sure we can get him that Batmobile by requesting someone else at your favorite rock station as of Friday the 18th. And make sure you follow along on the Indiana Drones. Very exciting and very promising musical journey on all the social platforms under the Indiana Drones. But as he mentioned, he does post more on Instagram than anywhere. A massive, massive thank you going out to Justin for hanging out with me this week for One to Watch Wednesday. That was an absolute blast and you are more than welcome back anytime. That has been your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out and have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 